for me, it was always about how can I help athletes gain a competitive advantage? And that's creating a process that can enhance your results based on comparing yourself against the competition. Core value for us within our performance world here with the Vikings is availability is winnability. How can we maximize those investments? How can we, how can we keep them in tip-top shape day in and day out on the field? Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast. If you're listening, we are back from break. This is episode 154. I'm your host, Tatum Everett. In the studio with me today is our producer, Jay Nelson. Jay, did you enjoy your 4th of July break? Absolutely. I actually took a little extra time on the front end as well and got two weeks out of it. So it was kind of nice. Well, look at you. Somebody was smart. Oh, it was nice to take that time for myself. It's always kind of the lead up to the season going to kick in. It's always kind of the weird deal of July 5th being the day that you say summer's over. You tweeted that. I saw your tweet. You were like, summer's over. And I was like, but you're on a lake, Jay. That's kind of ironic, right? That was it. I was like, all right, took that last sunset on, uh, on July 5th and said, deuce of summer. And just kind of enjoying that time. I got to recharge with the family, got to do a bunch of cooking and hanging out with the nieces and nephews and, and just kind of enjoying it. Got out and did a bunch of golf and nice. took time for myself to kind of mentally recharge this there stuff before everything chaos kicks in. Yeah, we had family in town, so that was really, really nice. We're new homeowners. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Putting some roots down in Minnesota. Um, Literal roots. We were talking about the plants in your backyard and everything, too. <laughs> oh, man, we've got some great landscaping and I'm just trying not to mess it up so that I welcome the storms we just had. I was going to say perfect. Recently. Yeah, you don't have to pay mm-hmm. for all that watering at this point. Oh, God, I don't want to see the water bill. <laughs> On to things we really want to talk about. That is correct. <laughs> this Minnesota Vikings team is so exciting and there's been so much speculation that's been going on this summer. And it's finally here, though. I think I'm, I echo your sentiment. You know, the July 4th holiday really marks the end of the off season, the beginning of things to come. And the players will be in the building in less than two weeks as they report for training camp this season. Um, yes. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, you definitely want to go check that out at vikings.com backslash training camp because there are definitely some fun days planned. Great opportunity to come watch your favorite players. Autograph sessions are back, which Those is even better. Deal. Very big deal. deal. Yeah. I mean, there's even a wide receiver day. So all you JJ fans out there. Yeah, and I think there there was discussion about having multiple days for certain groups as well. So just mm-hmm. make sure to check out that training camp schedule as far as what's available on certain days. Plan accordingly, buy your tickets, and enjoy. Yeah, the building is kind of a bit of a quiet place right now and should be bustling very soon. But someone who is always busy because he deals with something that's very important to us, and that is the player's health and performance. He is the executive director of player health and performance, Tyler Williams. And he's a guy that he's been with the Rams for 15 years. And then Kevin O'Connell says, hey, you want to come over here? And he's like, no doubt about it. And it's really, really cool conversation. I think a lot of it, he does get into the nitty gritty stuff. But it really only just scratches the surface as to an inside look at how analytics and measurements and numbers can really affect how a player comes back from injury or stays uninjured. One of the things that was interesting about that interview with him was you realize just how much of a proactive approach he and his group take when they're trying to make sure to avoid any kind of injuries. And on top of that, then listening to the players and what they're advocating for. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that's going to be interesting having going from the L.A. Rams situation here to the Vikings. You know, he kind of talks about um, just kind of being excited about being here, given the willingness to the organization to, 
use this kind of analytics or at least this kind of information to try to help support him. So if a guy like Tyler coming in here is going to kind of change and revamp and, and try to be more proactive on certain areas that he and his group identify as needs for this team, I think fans will welcome that if it means their favorite player is going to be sitting on the field every single week. I highly agree with that one. And when you think about how far the game has come as far as safety, you have to think that this wasn't going to be far behind. You know, the ability to keep players more safe, the game gets more rough and, you know, they start to kind of figure things out. Players are having, can have longer careers if you start to really factor these in, which is always a good sign. I remember there being the discussion when Tyler's name was being brought up as somebody who was coming in, mm-hmm. kind of the idea of when Cam Akers got hurt for the Rams last year yeah. and it was an Achilles and you're like, well, he's done. Six months later, he's playing in a playoff game. And, and he's like, faster. How? Exactly. And everyone's like, how did that happen? And he talks about that too. Exactly. And that's mm-hmm. the thing is, you know, for a guy like him, that systematic approach, if you can get a guy like that who is so crucial and as critical as he was on that playoff push and Super Bowl win, if there's kind of some proof in the pudding there yeah. that, that it's, they're able to make it work. So if he's willing to implement and able to implement that here with the team, I think it'll be a huge advantage for us. For sure, especially when you've got a lot of key pieces whose injuries have affected the way seasons have gone in previous years. And, and one of those is Dalvin Cook. I mean, keeping Dalvin Cook, they always say, the offense runs through Dalvin Cook. He's the engine that propels it. And so with that being said, you know, getting a healthy dose of Dalvin could open up the the passing game too. So um, that's obviously high on priority list as far as keeping him healthy this season. And recently, Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN took a poll of 50-plus NFL executives, blah, 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 all front those office front people. office people, yeah. you know, all the fancy schmancy guys making all the big decisions. And they made a big list of top position groups. And Dalvin Cook is number four on that list as the fourth best running back in the NFL. Jay, knowing that ahead of him, it went Derrick Henry, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis's Jonathan Taylor, and Cleveland Browns' Nick Chubb. Dalvin was fourth. Do you agree with this list? I think that the Dalvin of old that people liked, I think this season is going to be even more likable. I think Dalvin Cook, the thing about him is he's not your traditional put your head down, run through the line and just, you know, try to blow up the spot. I think Dalvin's shiftiness, his ability to catch out of the backfield, Mm -hmm. all the things we've talked about in the past with kind of comparisons of guys like LaDainian Tomlinson and those kind of shifty, smaller guys that can really bust open a play. I think Delvin in this new offense that's coming up is going to be even more exciting. I cannot agree with you more. And that's the thing is I think, you know, everyone talks about Kevin coming in with this new offense, wanting to get the playmakers out in space more, do their thing. If Delvin was your traditional run behind the the guards and tackles type running back, that might be a little bit more difficult for a guy like him. But this guy in particular, I think fits this scheme perfectly. And I think, Having a guy like Delvin at four, I think he potentially should be jumped up that list given what the potential is for him in this offense. Yeah, potential is is there. And I think that's the key word uh, in what you said about where they're ranking this. I mean, I would think the Dalvin that has played the last couple of seasons, it's probably a fair ranking. A lot of it, though, if you're looking at his stats, is because he has suffered from injuries or struggled with injuries. So if you keep A, a healthy Dalvin Cook, which you know, shout out Tyler Williams. Let's let's do that. And then you also have this new offense, as you mentioned, a new scheme um, being utilized in different ways. That could be such a another almost like a uh, 
I wouldn't say like a second chance at being like one of the best running backs. He already is, but it almost brings, it could bring his career up to the next level because, yeah, because when you think about it, I mean, just as Kirk Cousins has had all these offensive coordinators in his career, Dalvin has had the same inconsistencies as well. He's ran so many different, I mean, granted there have been similarities obviously, but he's worked with so many different offensive coordinators and this could really be the potential, as you said, to take his career to another level. Also, surpassing a Nick Chubb and surpassing a Jonathan Taylor. Derrick Henry, that's tough because the Titans really rely on Derrick Henry. Well, that's like the Vikings used to be with Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Where it was like he was the engine for the offense. Yeah. Now you've got a JJ. You've got yes, a Yes, that's true. You've got what you, you want in Irv Smith Jr. here. You know, we want to see that again. But again, he was out injured last year. So like prime example there, you have other playmakers in different positions, let alone how are you going to use CJ Ham at fullback? You know, sure. I mean, think about it though. You you hit the nail on the head. Who's there for Tennessee now? Who's their top wide receiver right now? Yeah. There really isn't one. No. AJ Brown's in Philly. And they went and drafted rookies and they brought in some guys to kind of fill. But with mm-hmm. that AJ Brown move to Philly, that is a huge hole for them. So oh, yeah. he's going to be relied on even more to do so. Same with the Colts. Not a very recognizable name out there. I mean, they have Pittman, who is a guy that had a ton of promise coming yeah. in, and he flashes, but at the same point, he's gotten injured in the past, too. So it's not like that offense is running through Pittman, but for a team like Indianapolis, like I understand why those two guys specifically. Well, they have a really good line in Indy, too. Yes, and you know, and a guy like Nick Chubb, they've also got uh, kind of a, a tandem running back going there in, in Cleveland, and then they've got the entire chaos going on with their quarterback situation, so you know, again, it could be a thing where in that division, especially they're going to need to rely on those running backs. One thousand percent. Because, I mean, you you even have a guy like you have Amari Cooper in Cleveland. He's now there. But you really don't know what's going on with that whole situation. The timing of figuring out the offense, the cadence with the quarterback, who's going to be the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Baker Mayfield's yeah, not I mean, this in, is in your, Carolina. You really hit the nail on the head because Dalvin doesn't have to do it all for the Vikings. No. Like these other three guys have to do it all for their teams. Yeah. And the thing with Dalvin, like if you look at the numbers from last year, he only played 13 games. He had 779 yards before first contact, which was second best in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And then he was over 1,100 rushing yards, which was for the third straight season. So, you know, yeah, Jeremy's get those t- four games in there. That's huh? the thing. Like Jeremy's talking about those specific nuggets of, of his career last year, just in his games. And that was 13 games. So if you can have a guy like him more consistently on the field, being able to spread the ball around a little bit more and then being able to use him. Is he going to take a handoff or is play action going to turn into a bomb for a JJ or a Thielen or even a Delvin just getting past the line of scrimmage? You have a multifaceted ability if Delvin Cook is on that field. And we've seen it in years past, you know, a couple of years ago playing in Seattle uh, and first half he's going nuts, comes out for the very first play of the second half, pulls a groin, he's out, and the rest of that game just turned into a slog mm-hmm. fest. I mean, he is a huge cog in that offense. I want to see how they're going to use him this year. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting time. I think that's this age old question. I feel like every podcast, every week, we're sitting here being like, just got to wait and see, wait and see. So much of this year is predicated on wait and see because of the change. But and there's still so much optimism, I think. There's a ton of optimism. And I think part of that comes from the players. The players are the ones that have been kind of feeding this, yeah, that's this happy fuel <laughs> this off season <laughs> of how's it going? They're like, man, this is great. Things are feeling good. Gosh, yeah. It's it's complicated at the same point. I feel like it, it's exciting to have something new and to be working with new people and kind of some new voices in those rooms and even the veterans saying that as well. And I know, yeah, they're going to say that 
happily to the, the, the public and the news media and stuff like that. But even behind the scenes, you can just see there's this kind of this, this vibe and this feel. Now, rubber's going to meet the road when we come to training camp time and you really start to see what mm-hmm. you got. And especially during those preseason games, you're going to well, really start and, to feel it. And I think that you really have to also look at that first four games of the season. Like this could be a team that comes out and is really slow out of the gate, but could pick up steam down the line. Or vice versa, too. It's just like, right. and that's the problem is yeah. you've, you've got an entirely new system. And I get I, it's going to be an advantage for the offense that and even defensively that other teams aren't going to have a playbook on how this team is going to be run, mm-hmm. which will be helpful at the same point. Once you get towards the middle and later stages of the season, all of those other teams that we're going to be playing are going to be breaking down every single play and trying to figure out what is the component of this offense? What is the components of the defense? Where are the weaknesses and what can we exploit? And mm-hmm. and for this offense, offense always comes out slower than defense when it's the beginning of a season. The hard part is, is we are predicated pretty well on being beholden to what this offense can do. So that's what the bell cow is at this point, because you've got this offensive minded head coach who is a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator. So that's what you're wanting to see come out of the gate fast. Yeah. And and yeah. and so typically your offense is always slower. And will that be the same trend or is it going to be something where they've had the time that they've had this offseason? You had buy-in from almost everybody here for all the camps and the mini camps and and you know, there's guys sitting in the cafeteria even now that are here this offseason just working on stuff because they're still here in the area. I am curious to see once everyone's in the building, kind of what that vibe turns into. And and you always use a truncated playbook during preseason, but week one against the Packers, you're going to have to have everything firing on full cylinders to take on Aaron Rodgers and that team. And that tattoo. That too. Did you see it? Oh, yeah. Hey, <laughs> whatever makes you happy. That's <laughs> Is that thing. his throwing arm? I don't know. I don't think we've solved that puzzle yet, have we? Hey, if, if whatever it takes, I for him, who knows, maybe it's going to turn into a supercharged throwing arm. At this oh, point. no, that would not be good. It's like Ricky of the Year or something. I, you know, I saw similar to this running back list. I saw another list and they, they had Brady at one and Aaron Rodgers at two. And I'm like, man, those two guys are kind of interchangeable. But it is it really is crazy to think about the fact of how long both of their careers have happened, how successful they've been. And the truth being you stick them behind any offensive line in the NFL and they are going to make something happen. And the fact that we've basically as a Vikings fan been watching quarterbacks for that team, been doing this for almost 30 years between Favre and Rogers, you know, it's something that you just, you, you hope you get to a point where your team offensively this year, especially is going to be one that's going to make them have to earn it every single game in order to keep up with the race. I just feel like the Vikings Packers this year for the NFC North is going to be a lot of fun to watch. We just had someone in the building who is very excited about this coaching staff and has very high expectations or at least really, really, you know, wants to see this work out for the Vikings. And that is Minnesota native Jamie Erdahl. And you might recognize her name because she was just named Good Morning Football's new host. She starts July 25th. That interview is going up on Vikings.com. And we went over everything. She is just such a joy. I mean, you get why she got the job. I mean, she's so personable. It doesn't hurt to have somebody in the chair that likes the purple and gold. She's very confident and thinks this like this has she's like this has to be the year. It's kind of interesting. This has to be the year. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because you go from Kay Adams, who is you know more of a Chicago native, to 
you know, Jamie now with, with the Vikings, you got NFC North representing that, in yeah. that chair. The thing well, about- and then her co-hosts, yeah. Kyle Brandt, obsessed with Kirk Cousins. Exactly. Peter Schrager loves the Vikings. I mean, they might be a little purple biased. That's okay. We'll take it. I, I know for them, they have to always kind of have their you kind do. of somewhat agnostic uh, sure. kind of bias going. But at the same point, um, for them, you know, having somebody like Jamie in that chair, I think what's great for us is she's somebody we had worked with here at VEM yeah, years ago. Yeah, she remembers ago. Winter Park. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was the thing is like it was a long time ago at the same point. She's somebody that a bunch of us have always kept our eye on just to see like where she would go knowing from Minnesota, you know, enjoys the purple, worked with us, that kind of a thing. And, and now and, she's in the NFL again. Exactly. She's back and um, she's going to be hosting one of the biggest shows. Oh, period. yeah. You know, and she's got big shoes to fill and people loved having Kay in that that role. And I think it's going to be fun to see her be able to, you know, take the mantle on that thing and just really run with it. It's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. And I guess that means we'll get a lot more Vikings guests on the show, too. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. There we go. I know. Well, that interview is on Vikings.com right now. But let's get to our podcast interview with Vikings Executive Director of Player Health and Performance, Tyler Williams. All right, now joining the Minnesota Vikings podcast is Tyler Williams, Director of Player Health here for the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, Tyler, you you have been transitioning to Minnesota well. And uh, I I feel like you're on the golf course more than you do pretty much anything else. But more importantly, you're really good at your job here with the Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for joining no, the show. I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you for having me today. Really excited to just have a conversation together. So. What are your thoughts on the level of of golf courses here in the, in the I, does Minnesota have a nickname? Twin Cities. I guess yeah. I should say Twin Cities. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, because I want to be like in the Sunshine State, but that didn't work. You know, coming from California, I was, you know, there's golf courses everywhere, yeah. sunshine. Mm-hmm. You know, the weather's kind of a copy and paste, 78 and sunny every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming out here, not knowing golf being big for a leisure activity for me, I was like, man, six degrees, sideways snow, <laughs> not conducive to golf. <laughs> no. However, there's a lot of really good courses. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of once the spring kind of set in, it was um, it was nice to kind of get out a couple times, get my feet underneath me a little bit. Um, first uh, 10 to 12 weeks, it was probably good that the weather was a little bad because we had a lot to do. But, <laughs> That's true. No temptations, right? Yes, no yeah. temptations. That's right. I'm going to give a quick plug to Mystic Lake Casino because uh, that's where we played yes. uh, a few weeks ago. And you went out on the course and you were like, all right, this should be a bad day. Uh, not feeling in today. You left your, your polo at home. So you were golfing in a fleece with no undershirt. Now you had an undershirt on. <laughs> right. But you were like, uh, you got out to like hole two or hole three and you just start ripping it. So the, yeah. the fact that you underplay your game is just, uh, you, you got to stop that, man. Because <laughs> people like me to go out there with you, it's just like, all right, this guy, he he's on my level. No, it's, uh, it's something that I, I've really grown to love to play. Um, number one, just from the competitive aspect, you know, mm-hmm. when you get done playing sports, that's one thing that you can kind of compete against yourself. But also in a group setting, it's fun to just play with great people. So. Cause I know you have a, you have a golf background, right? Like you, you did you play golf in college or uh, played one year in high school. Okay. Um, basketball, baseball were my love, but you know, when you're, you stop growing under six feet, basketball kind of gets eliminated from the equation yeah. unless you can <laughs> shoot like Steph Curry. So, um, and other sports do as well. So that was kind of yeah. one that I kind of ran with, but it's, it's been great. I mean, ton of great relationships and relationship mm-hmm. type person and just being with great people and kind of being outside. It's a great lifetime sport. Yeah. Being an athlete. And now working in athletics, it's mm. usually a pretty common transition if you can't, you know, play the game yes. professionally. What 
about getting into sports science was something that you were interested in. And then was that the original path when you first started out? Well, first of all, I appreciate the being an athlete comment, you know, that Anytime. makes me feel really good. <laughs> um, no, that's kind of for me was where my passion was. Um, I started out in the medical profession. So knew I wanted to get into the realm of sports through medicine, but didn't even know athletic training existed. Got into college, went to Truman State as an in undergrad and went through their athletic training program. Then I found out you can work with pro teams. Mm -hmm. and I was like, man, that's exactly what I want to do. Exactly what I want to do, work with pro athletes. And as I kind of started going, I kind of gravitated towards the sports science, sport performance niche. For me, it was always about how can I gain a competitive advantage when I played? How can I help athletes gain a competitive advantage? And that's really taken a process of turning over every stone, utilizing technology, measuring different things, creating a process that can enhance your results based on comparing yourself against the competition. 15 years and with, with the Rams, you were with the Rams when they were in St. Louis. Um, that was, I know you said that was your, your first like major job coming yes. out of college. So the fact that you got in like yeah. fresh out of college, I know that's a, that's a story in itself. And if you want to dive into it, feel free. Yeah, but just, the, just the NFL there, world yeah. has changed so much yeah. in the last 20 years. My first internship was in 04 in training camp. And so I sent my resume to all 32 teams. Mm. I had no inside connection and just said, I'm just going to shoot my shot, yeah. shoot for it. And um, got a letter back from the Rams and got in as an intern. I said, if, if I can just get in and work my tail off and hopefully never walk out. Mm -hmm. And that's opened up doors throughout my career. And now I'm here with the Minnesota Vikings. So, But even back then, nutrition wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, our training tables back then were dominoes and... <laughs> you know, yeah. Campbell's chunky soup. And yep. it just, it was just such a, Hey, get out there and just go through it and see how you respond, see how long you last to where now it's, we have this saying that is a mantra and kind of a core value for us within our performance world here with the Vikings is availability is winnability. So we invest all this time, all this money into our draft picks through our process with, you know, how Quasi manages the draft and who we select. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Kevin has a process of, how we want to excel in the field through a scheme. For us, it's how can we maximize those investments and how can we how can we keep them in tip top shape day in and day out on the field? Right. Because I mean, sports science and, and what has developed over the years, especially while you've been you were with the Rams, it's more than just being a trainer to these guys. It's measuring ankles, like you like not just taping ankles. It's, yeah. It's, it's a lot more than it's, that. A, yes. it's so much more. I think um I use this term and I know you're gonna hate me for using this mm. term, but but when you came here, a lot of people were saying, you know this is a steal of a hire. You're a superstar in this NFL science sports world. So I guess where was it where you started to realize like this is where I'm going to put my focus in and when you started to see a difference in the players? Yeah, there's kind of two parts to that. So number one, when I kind of, we started measuring GPS in probably 2012, 2013 mm -hmm. with the Rams and it takes a lot of extra work to put the units in, charge them, download the data, analyze it, and then figure out what the heck you're going to do with it in team mm -hmm. sport. It's a lot easier as a one-on-one -on -one or a small group setting. And so we're going through all this work. And I said, kind of, we got to a crossroads of, we're either going to use this stuff to make a bigger difference, or we just need to get rid of it. Because I think that happens a lot in our world is people measure just to measure. They get a new flashy technology just mm -hmm. to have it. Well, it's implementation is the graveyard of great ideas, right? Like if you're not really doing something to move the needle in the direction you want to, you're really just, you're just measuring. And you're just measuring at a, an elite level, but you're not really doing anything to make an actual change. 
And so in team sport, it becomes how can you take surface level simplistic things and execute them better than anywhere else? I know this isn't conducive to performance, but I always call it kind of the McDonald's concept. Like they do burgers mm -hmm. and fries, but they do it better than anybody else. Yeah. In a team sport, we have to take care of 90 guys. You have to do the simplistic things better than anybody else mm -hmm. and run at an effective and efficient clip that's the elite of the elite. And so our training room was kind of full. We were really injured back in the day, if mm -hmm. you look with the Rams. And we started looking as a performance team, how are we collaborating different disciplines so we're making more accurate decisions? How are we taking in nutrition? How are we taking in the weight room? How are we taking in how we practice? How are we combining that together to make a more collective, collaborative decision to get a better intended outcome? And so we kind of looked how we were practicing. And I said, you know, I just don't want to acute care all these guys like mm -hmm. um, like uh, an emergency room, right? The guys mm -hmm. come in and says, hey, I got this new situation um, and or like urgent care, I guess is probably a better a better analogy. But guys come in, hey, I'm sore. Hey, I got this small injury. Well, you're overloaded. So you can't really spend the time one on one with athletes. And so I said, how can we get this to stop before it starts? Yeah. And so, number one, it's it's how are we loading these guys? in an optimal way that they're getting a benefited outcome, but we're not overloading. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's finding this sweet spot to train, right? You don't want to get under, yeah. you don't want to be underprepared, but you also don't want to be overworked. Yeah. So you constantly have to find that sweet spot, but you have to measure it to figure that out. You're using numbers to find that basically. Using numbers to yeah. find it. So I know this is kind of a long response, but it's, it's important. Uh, this kind of lays probably the foundation for the rest of this conversation is taking that and understanding how we practiced mm -hmm. and how we responded to how we practiced was huge because then we could understand how are we matching up our scheme with how we need to practice? How hard is it? How yep. many yards are we covering? How fast are we going? And what does that look like over time? And can we, can we create a good process to repeat that? Yeah. Um, and then it's funny, we used to do this heart rate variability measurement. And so what it does is gives you an insight to how your nervous system in your body is responding to the training, mm. whether you are kind of in a recovered state or a stressful state. Mm. And one of the players kind of told me, he's like, hey, T.Y. goes, how do, why do I have to have this machine tell me how I feel if I could just come tell you? And it was kind of like light bulb clicked. And we created a couple different pathways that we built in-house and we have here with the Minnesota Vikings as well to capture how our athletes are responding. Mm -hmm. So it's almost kind of like forced collaborative communication between our athletes. Mm -hmm. If they don't feel comfortable coming in and saying, hey, I feel sore, they're just like, hey, I'll just tough through it. But we can find different ways to measure that and then put some strategies in place before they hit the field. Man, that, that's awesome. And I think just to what you just said with how many players, you, you try to minimize how many players are in at one time, but a lot of people don't understand that these players spend more time with you or in the training room or with the strength coaching staff than they do their actual position coaches. So the effect that you guys have not only on their health, but their lives is, is monumental. So the relationship aspect, because I mean, you they're just, they're in a vulnerable state when they're with you guys. So how does that make you feel just being able to be able to affect a person, whether there's, you know, physical health or relationship wise? Yeah, I think that's why we do it. Right. When you get an athlete who is in year 10 of their career and they're like, man, going through all this process, I feel like I'm in year five mm. or I feel like I could go another five more years if we if we keep the same process. So we use car analogies a ton mm -hmm. with our players. Um, hey, a lot of these guys are Ferraris. They're the one percent of the one percent. Well, you don't just take a Ferrari out of the garage and just rip it down the highway. Right. You have to make sure like the right rims, the right tires are matched up with that Ferrari. You have to make sure it's tuned up all the time. 
And so that's enabling that car to optimize at its peak. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we want to do with all these athletes. We just have a lot of individual cars. So you kind of have to have this individual strategy for each guy. Again, there's three components why this doesn't work in a lot of spaces is because it's extra work mm -hmm. or there's an educational gap of does your whole performance staff collaborate and communicate together as, as one voice, one message approach is what I call it. Mm -hmm. And then number three, sometimes you just don't have the environment from the top down. And that's what attracted me to Minnesota was the people. You had great ownership, a great organization, a great fan base, a great city. And then you introduce a new innovative general manager and a new up and coming head coach mm -hmm. that are going to want to be progressive and innovative. And that makes the whole thing kind of go. Yeah, you're able to like push the boundaries <clears throat> a little bit. Yeah. yeah, push the boundaries. And it's interesting because people get nervous with different technology and adding that in mm -hmm. um, because it's an unknown. And so I always kind of say you can't improve what you don't measure. Yeah. And so sometimes there's there might be a, a coach that's been in. Remember, I had a conversation with Wade Phillips, who was in the league forever. Mm -hmm. And he's like, so about this GPS? And I was like, so it's the same thing as if you go in to work out, go in and work out and scratch off all the numbers off the weights and just see mm -hmm. how it goes. Like you're mm -hmm. just guessing. So at the end of the day, we're all measuring something. Yeah. It just depends on what type of platform you want to put it on or how heightened of a scenario you want to make it. You just talked about all the elements that go into what you guys do. And I know you're the executive director of player health and performance, but you have strengthened conditioning staff. You have dietitians. You have so many different processes that makes the ultimate player get back on the field. How does that all work together? Gosh, that's a loaded question. And that's <laughs> a lot of things where like I think if you look at any great organization, any great company elite communication is at the forefront. Mm. Um, you look at companies like Google, you look at company like Zappos or different things like that have set up their company to where they have these collision collaboration or collision communication mm -hmm. events. And it's so hard to get everybody in unison on the same page. So that's kind of where we wanted to structure this kind of new medical high performance model, if you will, to where you have a director of player health and performance but then you have a director of player performance in the weight room. Mm -hmm. um, I think strength coach is kind of an older term. I think they do a lot more than just right weight training programs yeah. now. Uh, sports medicine will eventually have a director of player health. Right now we have a head athletic trainer in Uriah Myrie. And as he continues to advance that room, sports medicine is a vast concept of vision training and recovery mm -hmm. and how we have new surgical techniques and how we're taking care of the players. But then you know, Remy with nutrition and Dan, who's doing our sports science, um, even in the equipment room. I mean, they're measuring foot and ankle types to understand how cleats should fit better. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things happening at such a fast clip and making sure that that's all on one page and all on in unison is enormous for us. And that just takes the right type of collaboration because when you have all those disciplines coming together to make more of a collaborative decision, it creates an attended purpose behind mm -hmm. everything you do. So if we said, hey, we're going to put Gabe on this nutrition plan, but somebody else is going to put you on this workout plan, but those don't mesh. Mm. It's kind of this oil and water concept, yeah. right? You want to make sure that everything is enhancing each component yeah. that goes in to make the puzzle fit and as a clear picture. So much of what you <clears throat> said is obviously the concepts behind it. And so for people that may not know so much about those concepts mm -hmm. and they're seeing the big picture... I wanted to get your take on the rehab process that you worked with Cam Akers on, because I think a lot of people look mm -hmm. as that as something that you you were the lead on. Um, you were the assistant NFC assistant trainer award, I think mainly because of your work with him. So 
when something like that happens, when you have, I think, I believe it was an ACL injury. Achilles. Achilles, Achilles yep. injury. Yep. So when you have something that is so difficult to come back on, especially at his position, how were you able to apply everything you've been talking about to his situation and get the player back on the field sooner than really is anticipated. Yeah, I think um, modern medicine and the surgical techniques are definitely like helping with that. Mm -hmm. And we had, it took us a while to get there, but with the Rams, we started functioning at such a high elite level in so many entities because as that, as that process started to kind of turn over as a flywheel and turn over more and more and more, we really started to just fully just operate as a, as a well-oiled machine. And our director of rehab there, Byron Cunningham, really kind of mainly took the lead on that. And then where I found sports science to come into play so well is it's kind of a servant position. You're really serving all these other departments to enhance what they do. Mm -hmm. And you kind of run in the background, but you utilize all this technology to enhance those expertise. It should never like, should always enhance our decision-making, should never drive it. So with Cam Akers, we shot for that from day one. And obviously these elite athletes, they, they elite. make, yeah. they make yeah. or break your, <laughs> right. your program, right? Like we could try that with a lot of different people, but Cam Akers is a, he's a freak. freak. <laughs> so, and as a lot of these guys are. So we also said, Hey, we're going to shoot for this within a safe framework, but I think it's always important to push the boundaries yeah. until you, if you don't push the boundaries, you don't really know what you can achieve. Mm -hmm. And so we set that from day one and we utilized every single thing. And again, we turned over every stone. We measured a ton with force plates, how he was loading, how we could maybe biohack, how he's training for power earlier on. But we took into play what shoes he was wearing, what cleats he was wearing, um, how he was loading with a the physical therapist with Byron, how he was, we looked at some kinematic, um, which is biomechanical video analysis with one of our other PTs. And so we kind of just took every aspect and brought it into one process. Was there a baseline for, because an Achilles is usually a year. Like, did you have a baseline of like another athlete, another athlete came back from this. So no, can make I this. don't, I don't know if another athlete has came back that fast, maybe one or two that's been close. I've never heard of any, but yeah, no, I think that was why everyone was really right. surprised and, and impressed to see that the ability for you to apply what, you know, your specialty to all this mm -hmm. and the synergy and the collaboration point, it sounds like really can make a huge difference, which is something I really wanted you to talk about, especially because Vikings fans can look forward to maybe, you know, injuries have been a problem in the past. We don't want any injuries. Taylor. Yes. We don't no, but, no, but I mean, they have <laughs> yeah. been for this, for this He's roster in particular yeah. <laughs> that they have, they've, you know, it's been differences in games because of things like that. And that's obviously what yep. you're here for. Yeah. I think that's where we're going to bring a new approach in and utilize some technology to gain insights, right? Like that's, we can only see what we can see with our eyes. And then, so measuring guys on force plates, um, measuring guys through different technology pathways that we have on, you know, simple wellness soreness questionnaires that we built on iPads or how their heart rates and recovery are responding through a couple of different modalities enables us to have kind of our eyes inside their body mm -hmm. to a certain extent and understand all those different data points or measurables and put them together to then make a better decision globally of how we structure practice of why we travel when we travel. Um, and then even dial in that so it kind of starts, let me backtrack one, is it starts kind of from global strategies. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of drill that down to how we handle positions mm -hmm. and then drill that down to how we handle the individual athletes. And we've always believed instead of shooting for like a complex, flashy model, 
is do simple things really, really well and then stack those together. So mm -hmm. get to complexity through simplicity. If that okay. makes sense, all of a sudden you this have- This illusion of complexity again. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we hear that yeah. so much. Right. And so I think it's one of those things that I think sometimes people are scared just to do simple. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's the old adage of fun, being fundamentally sound. Yeah. Be fundamentally sound better than the others around you. Stack those together and all of a sudden you're like, man, we, we built this really complex wall but it's just stacking that simplistic block day in and day out. Um, and those are a lot of things that we'll bring here and we already have brought mm -hmm. um, through the off-season conditioning program. I think just as a, I mean, people forget at the end of the day that you guys are still fans too of like the team. Like you want to see these guys do well. So like what what is your ultimate goal for for what you guys do that can ultimately help us get to where you got last year with the <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Los yeah. Angeles Rams? Yeah, I think the individual or the, the competitive nature inside you wants to win a championship every single year because yeah. that's what you get in it for. Uh, you get in it for the the feelings on Sunday, the game days, uh, the things that you can't get other places, right? But the other aspect of that is is creating these players and giving them an environment where they can be the best version of themselves on and off the field. So some of that is a lot of times there's injuries that happen that could have been mitigated or avoided if you were measuring different things on the front end, mm -hmm. right? Like if you're going into, you don't have a dialed in individual plan and you go into week three and you've already been overloaded, but it's not something that you measured and you were at a breaking point. If you didn't know that you, you can't make an intervention to dial it back. Yeah. yeah. And so it becomes this seesaw of blending football and performance mm -hmm. and matching that. Like you can, you can be really fresh by not practicing, but you can suck at football. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so, which is not good, but you can also be really good at football and not fresh at all. Right. And that's not optimal either because, right. hey, you're really good at football, but in the fourth quarter, your legs are gone and then you, you lose. Availability. So, availability. It comes into this what's the optimal Viking look like and how can we get them there and how can we repeat that player in and player out and year in and year out? And that's kind of where we're headed with all the different components. And really building a big system over the past six or seven years with the Rams, I've learned so many different unique pathways and ways to get athlete buying and coach buying and blend that together mm -hmm. that that's what we're building and laying the foundation of our systems now. Well, I've really enjoyed nerding out over this with you. Can I say yeah. that? Yeah. Can I say that yeah. we're kind of nerding out over this? Yeah. Because I, I, can, I, I wish we had like 30 more minutes because right. like, yeah. I haven't even got to like <laughs> 10 of my questions. But like this is just like Tatum said, this is great just talking um, like the stuff behind the scenes that people don't see because there's like, I mean, kind of what we do, there's a science to everything that we do. And the fact that people love talking about what they do, this is another opportunity for Vikings fans to get an insight of like, okay, this is another aspect. They don't just go in the what, weight room and, and lift a bunch of weights and walk right. out and call it a day. There's right. so much more behind it. That's yeah. right. I know uh, you were talking about perfect body builds. Like if I had to build the perfect body for an optimal Viking player, it would probably be Daniel Hunter size. Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook explosion, probably JJ Hands. I mean, I can keep going on yeah. and on. Under yeah. you have, I mean, the, yeah, the, and the, it's the, funny. Some guys are like, hey, you know, I kind of want to get on a program that looks like Daniil. I'm like, well, you should probably go back in time and pick different parents <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. that is a gift yeah. that yes. you just so, might not get. So maybe, yeah, I where mean, do you, where to, to to like his athletic ability, his freak athletic talent? Where does that rank for you? Like, how could I mean, have you, you seen it? I, mean, I know you had Aaron Donald. Yeah, yeah, I was getting, yeah. I was getting. And, um, I mean, he's up there. I mean, yeah. there's there's not many guys in the NFL that look like Daniil, um, look like Zadarius, mm -hmm. look like some of the other guys that we have. So we got a, I mean, the roster is fantastic. And 
us having so many guys come in this offseason was huge for us, not only for football-wise, but for performance-wise, mm -hmm. just preparing them for training camp and understanding our athletes up, down, left, right, mm -hmm. and all the way around, right? Um, how they move, how they respond to training. And so we can really come in with the right step forward in training camp of what each guy needs. Because sometimes it's just teaching them how to be a pro and teaching yeah. them early. Some of these guys that come out of college, they don't, they don't yeah. know everything of how to take care of their body. Yeah. And they, it's a learning process. So can we shorten that learning curve? Can we be better than the other guys in our division? And, and that's yeah, I mean, you got to learn a new roster, all new faces. Yeah. I mean, you're starting over too. I mean, that's right. least, you know, a couple of years, it's kind of like a new one thing for you as yes. well. Yes, but it's been a great challenge. I mean, Good. like I said at the beginning, the, the thing that attracted me to Minnesota the most was the people. Mm -hmm. And we always say our people are a competitive advantage, not yeah. uh, not the technology and other stuff like that. So that's where we look to to make the like biggest that. difference with our Vikings players. Very cool. Well, the ultimate goal is for all these players to stay out of your your training room so they can just be on that's the field right. and not have to that's worry right. about it. But we know it's a that's right. That's all right, though. But we we told them we said, hey, you don't have to be sick to get better. That's so true. That's true. That's where we're swinging that pendulum of okay, uh, yeah. performance enhancing sports medicine. So Very you drop cool. some bars on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, some thank bars. you so much. Good. We no. may need to have like another midseason one, a check yeah, in or this something. This is just cause... kind of a hint of some of the stuff. I mean, we touched on a lot of topics, but it could yeah. be a whole thing on force plates. It could be a whole thing. I mean, we'll there's a it. lot of a lot of neat stuff that a lot of our staff is doing down the hall. We'll, well I think those are a couple of story ideas for us to really think about, huh? Appreciate your time. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We, we definitely have to dive into that, but appreciate your time. I know you got to get back to the training Yeah, room. no, that's perfect. Appreciate you. No, you thank you on. so much for thank being here. Thank you so today. much. Thank you so much to Tyler Williams for joining us as part of this off-season get-to-know-you series, I guess you can call it. It's getting to know some of the coordinators and coaches that you might not see. And now, you know, health staff, player performance staff that you don't necessarily see at the podium talking, but really are making things work behind the scenes. Um, we had three assistant coaches on so far. And now, Tyler, the next week we will have uh, Derek Keyes, who's a part of the performance staff as well. And he is someone who has carried over with the staff. So you kind of get his perspective from the change, the transition and, and a look into, you know, I don't I, I know the coaches work really closely with these players, but I'm not sure that anybody works as closely with these players as someone on the performance staff like Derek Keyes. That's the thing with Keyes and even Tyler and his crew they are seeing these guys virtually every day. Mm -hmm. You know, they are the people that are helping them work through the aches and pains, kind of get their body ready. If they have some sort of an injury, they're the ones that are helping get them out there as fast as possible. And so having a guy like Tyler come in, like we said, with kind of these new ideas and then having a guy like Derek who really understands these guys and has these relationships with a lot of the different players that have already been here, let alone the new guys coming in to, you know, work with them. They've been working with them all this off season as well. So, uh, to go from Tyler to Derek, I think is a great, great uh, transition there. And uh, I think you guys are really going to enjoy that Derek Keys interview next week. Definitely. So be sure to check that out as well as our interview with Jamie Erdahl. Uh, there's a couple of new interviews up there. I think we also have an interview with offensive line coach Chris Cooper on the website that's just up this week as well. So, you know, we're still in the offseason. It's good to know you time. We'll be ramping up with training camp content in no time. But I did want to plug this one thing before we head out. Vikings running back Alexander Madison is hosting a free life skills and football camp this Friday at Hamlin University. It's part of his I Am Gifted brand to help raise mental health awareness. It's 
Two separate students, first through sixth graders are three to five. Seven through 12th graders are six to nine. And you can go to his Twitter account to get more information. I always like seeing he does this camp pretty often. And um, I like that he includes the life skills part. That's, so important. That's the thing. You talk to a lot of people, especially after the pandemic the last couple of years. You know, you talk to a lot. Of, I work with a bunch of teachers and people that work with kids and the idea of not only dealing with kind of the football side, which usually gets football centric when you go to a football camp. <laughs> but I think, you know, a lot of kids, whether it's uh, themselves, their parents, their their mentors and people they work with, anything you can do to help them or help uh, uh, reassure and kind of even reassess um, working with them and helping get them the life skills that they need to be productive people and productive yeah. not only for themselves, but for everybody, uh, I think is great. And, and so much more about the game nowadays. That's the or thing. more. The, sorry. It's so much more than the game. Yeah. And, and that's it. It's you're realizing that it's not just about football. It's yeah. about life. And so having a guy like Madison who wants to do these kind of things and really give back, it's just a, it's a great thing that he's doing. So I think if anyone is interested, definitely go check that out. They're always looking for more participants. And uh, like you said, it's this Friday. So Hurry up, go check it out and sign up. Yeah, not that far. Not that far from anybody living in around this area. Absolutely. If you're not. listening from far away, it's summer. It's right in 94 in right? St. Paul. There we'll you go. It. There you go. Thank you so much for listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast. We are going to wrap up this episode. Jay and I are going to wrap up this episode, and we'll be back next week, like we said, with a Derek Keyes interview. And who knows? Maybe some more news. You know, it's a little slow right now, but I'm sure things will be picking up soon. Things always pick up right before camp, and you never know. There's always mystery signings that end up happening <laughs> around the league. We'll see if the Purple end up making something and like that, too. he's not foreshadowing anything guys we don't actually know i don't have we don't any make info decisions. but i just i always know that this time <laughs> of year there's always crazy things that happens and and i'm, I'm curious to see what if anything does there so. you go well enjoy the rest of your summer hope to see you guys out at training camp don't forget tickets are still on sale for now we'll see you next week i guess <laughs>